0: Hello, this is Melissa, and today is the 14th of May, 2023. The Redux is from December 30, 2018. Alan entitled it, The Fate of Debate or Battle of Prattle. The net, science, humanism, babble of confusion. Arrogance seeks godhood in this strong delusion. The key points in this talk were... Propaganda, how it is used to brainwash us, the Pentagon's involvement with movie production, how we are guided by experts. In this case he mentions specifically Maurice Strong and Maurice Strong being groomed by David Rockefeller to take his role in very significant role in the UN Rio Climate Agreement, sustainability all of these things were maurice strong's babies the sustainability agenda that is now running all aspects of our lives i was struck in listening to this talk how much the war it's not just what is happening with russia and the ukraine or you know what is being reported the latest aggressions of Israel towards Palestine. The war is really the war that is on all of us all the time. And again, I I talk about this a lot, that Alan's kind of bird's-eye, aerial view of things, that yes, he could report the news, he could read a news story, but as someone I was speaking with today said that they didn't really listen or watch or read much news anymore and had kind of checked out of that, in fact, years ago, because, and they said, but I can't go through a day without listening to an Alan Watt talk, because it's timeless, and I somehow feel calmed when I'm listening to him, even if he's delivering the bad news. There is a lot going on right now, certainly in the United States, that comes under war on the people And I just wanted to mention a few stories. One of the things that has been going on in the U.S. right now is the end of something called Title 42. And you can look into that yourselves, but you will find conflicting information when you do. Title 42 was... Uh, what they describe as a COVID-era policy, which allowed the U.S. to turn away migrants immediately based on pandemic health concerns, and that ended Thursday night. Officials said that they were prepared to deal with a marked increase in migrants, but by Friday evening, according to UPI, that had not materialized. However, those of us who are watching even mainstream news now but certainly any alternative source is showing people camped on the border. The city of El Paso, Texas, literally just tents and people in sleeping bags. And other people have seen citizen journalists on the ground showing the Border Patrol and I I believe it's the U.S. National Guard just helping different migrants onto buses as they're transported to different parts of the U.S. And the talk that I put up Last week, um, Alan was reading from Jacques Attali's A Brief History of the Future, and he mentioned another book that Attali had written in the year 2000, entitled Millennium, Winners and Losers in the Coming World Order. What Attali said in that book was that there would be hordes, he called them hordes, of immigrants that would push over the southern border of the US. He said the next boat people that you see will be Americans who are seeking work in other parts of the world. But this is not just an issue that is happening in the US because people in different parts of the world have been experiencing an influx of migrants. And they're seeing the same thing it wasn't a couple of months ago that I mentioned stories that were coming out of Ireland where villages are overnight taking on more than their own population amount in immigrants. And they're being housed in hotels. And that has been going on in the U.S. for quite a while. They actually do take over hotels. And someone last week sent me an article out of Oregon and they said so while while you have the immigrants who are being brought in and housed in hotels what you have in Oregon is a California based nonprofit called Urban Alchemy and what that is doing is managing the tent accommodations for homeless Americans so these we we don't know why they're homeless are they drug users are they mentally ill are they families that have fallen upon hard times after the 2008 bank crash that was orchestrated of course there was such an increase in the homelessness the tents the people living in their automobiles I'm, you know Alan and I watched quite a few citizen journalists' footage on this and it it was just unbelievable to see cities everywhere with, with cars and minivans and just lined up on the street and these were families living there who had lost their their homes so this organization out of california called urban alchemy was hired by the government of someplace in Oregon, to manage their mass, the city's mass tent encampment. And what was uncovered was that Urban Alchemy is spending approximately 4000 per tent per month to maintain these sites. That, that amount is so staggering. This is a tent, and to keep the tent up costs $4,000. And I looked into Urban Alchemy and I couldn't find too much. I could not find a board of directors. I did find their financials and they're very well funded to the tune of many millions per year. The CEO is a woman named Lena Miller and I can't find too much about Lena Miller except she has a sociology degree and she's been involved in nonprofit organizations dating back to the late 90s. All I could find where they got their money was government grants. I was thinking, I'll find a smoking gun on this, because that kind of expenditure, $4,000 to keep a tent up, is, is just staggering to me. But anyway, government funding of a nonprofit of an NGO, what could the government do with the millions that they are giving Urban Alchemy? to rectify the problem of the homelessness, you know, city by city. That's one thing. As I was looking what was going on with the the migrants who are sleeping in tents or sleeping in sleeping bags because of the revoking of Title 42, what I did find was an interesting story that did not have to do with that, but it had to do with El Paso. This is from a paper I'd never heard of. A publication called Texas Scorecard, Real News for Real Texans. And then title of the article from 18 April is Liberal Billionaire George Soros Funds Movement to Rid El Paso of Reliable Energy. The National Sunrise Movement wants to force the government to end the reign of fossil fuel elites. While Texans raise concerns about the reliability of the state's power grid, liberal billionaire George Soros is funding an organization that wants to make El Paso dependent on unreliable energy sources. The group Sunrise El Paso is lobbying citizens to adopt a climate charter, calling for the city to use all available resources and authority to limit its use of so-called fossil fuels. If voters amend the city charter by approving Proposition K, In a May 6 election, the El Paso City Council must create a climate department and hire a climate director to determine the climate impact of city laws and advance the cause of climate justice. The city would also have to form a nine-member climate commission, which would oversee the implementation and enforcement of climate policy. Sunrise El Paso is described, self-described, radical activist group that aims to end the exploitation of the masses by eliminating the use of fossil fuels. The group describes itself as youth-led and latinx-led. We're building an army of ordinary young people to make the climate crisis an urgent priority across America and here in the El Paso area by ending the corrupting influence of fossil fuel executives on our politics and elected leaders stand up for the health and well-being of all people, regardless of class, race, or economic status. Sunrise El Paso is tied to a number of left-wing organizations. One of them, the Frontieric Fianza Fund, pays bail fees for illegal aliens detained in the United States. During the organization's first year of operation, the Fianza Fund posted 54 bonds for illegal aliens including several described as LGBTQ plus compañerics. Another, the West Fund, works to make abortions accessible to people in need and promotes abortion without borders. Familias Unidas del Chamizal, the Center for Interdisciplinary Environmental Justice, and the El Paso chapter of the American Federation of Teachers are also among Sunrise El Paso's allies. Sunrise El Paso is part of the National Sunrise Movement, okay? So you're hearing that. It's a national movement whose supporters claim they are the climate revolution. Liberal billionaire George Soros' political action committee, Democracy PAC, funds the National Sunrise Movement through the group's Sunrise PAC. The Sunrise Pack receives funding from a slew of other radical groups, including the 1630 Fund, the Tides Foundation, the Grove Action Fund, the Wallace Global Fund, and the Rockefeller Family Fund. The 1630 Fund has been accused of funneling money to Democrat candidates and other liberal groups, etc. Um, Grove Action Fund provides grants to the American Civil Liberties Unions, Planned Parenthood, Everytown for Gun Safety. The Wallace Global Fund and the Rockefeller Family Fund routinely fund studies and groups working to eliminate the use of reliable energy. El Paso citizens will vote on Proposition K on May 6. And the follow-up on that was that this did not pass. According to TexasStandard.org, El Paso voters soundly reject Proposition K Climate Charter. Now, the spin on this story is that wealthy businessmen, the Houston-based Consumer Energy Alliance, poured over a million dollars into television and web advertisement and campaign mailers, urging voters to oppose the measure whereas supporters of the Climate Charter only spent about $30,000 in the election. But again, think about this, folks. They were funded by Rockefeller Family Fund and George Soros, so I don't know if I believe that disparity of funding. But what really struck me here is that we know that at the highest level, traditional energy, so we're talking fossil fuels here, are moving themselves towards ESG environment sustainable uh, diversity equity inclusion all of that falls under ESG and they are moving towards what they call renewables and if you look at anybody's corporate statement you know whether it's Exxon Mobil or you know just pick one of the big energy companies you will see this move towards renewable energy but however this got shot down it is a good thing the manager anna zwick fuentes the campaign manager with sunrise el paso said launching this campaign was a huge risk but the fight was worth it i don't know why it was a huge risk because they were well funded by important people She went on to say, The campaign gave us a platform to mobilize our community and grow a base that will continue to fight power. Success has been delayed, but our movement was not defeated. This is just the beginning of the fight for climate action here in El Paso and beyond. The Consumer Energy Alliance Southwest, which I think is that Houston-based group, said the results show that a vast majority of El Pasoans believe that Proposition K was the wrong path to move the city towards a clean energy future. I just share this with you because I think if you are living in the States, it's very possible that in a city that you live in or near you, you are going to find this same group, the National Sunrise Movement. You are likely to find that in an area near you. Why I'm bringing up a few of these stories immigrants flooding in whatever country that you're living in. I've been talking last week, I wrote about Jacques Attali and what he was up to lately, basically funding something very similar to the Opportunity Zones through his. Nonprofit called Positive Planet. And what these really are, are tax havens for the rich, and they are worldwide. So in the U.S., we not only have Opportunity Zones, but we also have Atali's U.S. version of Positive Planet. And these are thousands of NGOs, thousands of NGOs that are being very well funded to not do much of anything but to exist to be tax havens for the wealthy. The National Sunrise Movement says we are the climate revolution. So just take a peek. They say that they are national right now. They seem to be focused mostly on, well, actually, no, I'm looking at a map. I see them that they literally are all over the U.S. There's Arizona, California. Colorado, Connecticut, District of Columbia, Georgia, Florida, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts. Some of these states they have multiple, so we're talking many different cities in these states um, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, New York, lots in New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania. Rhode Island, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia. They have multiple hubs. Sunrise Tucson in Arizona, Sunrise Bay Area, Sunrise Los Angeles Youth. See, they're targeting them, not just cities too. Sunrise Lowell High School, that's in San Francisco. Sunrise Naugatuck High School in Naugatuck, Connecticut. You see, going for young people because they're the revolution, you see. What Alan talks about in this, this redex is the idea that there are thousands of these types of NGOs. They're everywhere, and we're being pushed, as he says, towards austerity. We're being pushed towards not having reliable energy and maximum chaos, And the line, again, the the little poem for the talk, the fate of debate or battle of prattle, the net, science, humanism, babble of confusion, arrogance seeks Godhead in this strong delusion. And the Godhead here was Maurice Strong and his baka over the underground water system that he actually wanted to exploit. But the the Strongs, Maurice and his wife Hannah, were very involved in various New Age ideas, kind of earth worshipy, New Age religious ideas. But this idea that the elite are somehow special, you see that, everywhere, you know, the thing that I wrote about Atali, they called him at a conference that he spoke at, he was HE, and I'm not sure, I really don't know if that's his excellency or his eminence, but whether he's eminent or excellent, these are, this is a title, those are titles that you give to heads of state or high-ranking church officials in the Catholic Church. You know I mean? And, and of course, Atali is not Catholic. He um, is Jewish, but he is either his excellency or his eminence because the religion of the people who are moving us step by step without a pause into the direction that they want us to be, they do consider themselves to be gods. So look carefully... At the people that you think are on your side that you you think well somehow this person they are an exception and the media is a buzz right now about Twitter because Tucker Carlson has announced that he's going to be doing his show on Twitter and last night, Elon Musk appointed the new CEO, and her name is Linda. Yacarino, And she comes from the world of corporate advertising. She worked for Turner Entertainment and NBC Universal. And she's also had these political appointments. So Nobody likes her <laughs> in terms of this appointment to Twitter. I'll just give you a few things. This is from her wiki. She joined the Ad Council. This is the um, government Ad Council in 2014. Well, it's a nonprofit organization that produces, distributes, and promotes public service announcements. Alan is talking about propaganda in this talk. So here, here, this is the Ad Council, propaganda. She joined the Ad Council in 2014. In 2018, President Donald Trump appointed her to the President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. Yakarino became chair of the Ad Council's board of directors in January 2021. Uh, that term lasted 6 months. During the time that she was chair of that, she partnered with the Biden administration to create a coronavirus vaccine campaign that featured Pope Francis. She also chaired the Future of Work Task Force for the World Economic Forum. Rolling Stone magazine, um, this is definitely a publication that veers toward liberal thinking and writing, but they had something to say about Linda Yaccarino today. They said Twitter finally agrees on something. Hating Musk's new CEO. After some tumultuous months at the tech giant, NBC Universal advertising chief Linda Yaccarino will take the reins. No one is happy. In December, Elon Musk asked Twitter to vote yes or no on the question of whether he should step down as the head of the tech giant, noting he would abide by the results of the informal poll. And more than 57% of respondents said that he should. So five months later, he honored his word by hiring a new CEO that absolutely nobody wanted, Linda Yaccarino. I'll scroll through. I'll post this article from Rolling Stone, and you can read it for yourselves. But a couple of the meatier points of it... Everyone has found a reason to distrust this woman. Leftists and liberals noted that in 2018, Donald Trump appointed Yaccarino to the President's Council. Uh, I already told you that. Um, It's not a particularly damning connection, but she also follows a number of right-wing extremists on Twitter, from the anti-LGBTQ account Libs of TikTok, to conspiracy theorist Jack Vesovic, to attorney Lynn Wood known for his connections to the QAnon. I suspect this woman follows a lot of people on Twitter, but that's neither here nor there. It didn't help that Yaccarino is also executive chair of the World Economic Forum, an international lobby for corporate interests that sits at the center of many right-wing conspiracy theories. Steve Bannon was among those to complain that Musk had given the CEO job to a Davos globalist, referring to the Swiss Mountain Resort where the WEF holds its annual conference. Then they go on to tell us that Musk himself has criticized the World Economic Forum. Of course, he's also attended the event. So there you go. There she is. But to people who decry... Tucker Carlson for going to Twitter as his new platform, for people who think that Musk is the savior of free speech, I encourage you to take the bird's eye view to see that these people, I mean, here, you know, who is it Musk the defender and savior of free speech? Uh, decrying censorship, or is it Musk, whose money seems to come entirely from his promotion of electric cars? The I don't remember what they call that the term in investing, but the the valuation of Tesla. The market capitalization, I believe, is the term that they use. But the market capitalization of Tesla was more, by far, than the market capitalization of General Motors and Ford Motors combined. This tells you that that the value of Tesla was completely made up. I mean, anyone... And everyone knows that there is not an infrastructure to support electric vehicles as our means of transportation. In California, the U.K. has said no more gas-fueled engines past 2030. That's the U.K. California has said the same thing. But there is no infrastructure. There will be no infrastructure for everyone to be driving an electric vehicle. So the point is, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, get the people out of vehicles altogether. So is it that Musk? Is it that Musk? Or is it the Elon Musk, who is the grandson of the, one of the key founder players of Technocracy, Inc.? Is it the Elon Musk who is working on creating the Tesla bot? so that the robot can do all those dangerous, repetitive, boring tasks so that you don't have to. But don't worry. He's supporting universal basic income. He says it will actually be necessary because of the rise of robots. So, wait a minute. He's creating the problem, but he's offering you the solution. Okay, that's okay. It's that Elon Musk or... Is it the Elon Musk of Neuralink, the brain-computer interface? Well, he said that it's to treat serious brain diseases, but the eventual goal is human enhancement, and that's sometimes called transhumanism. Is it that Elon Musk? Again, I'm just reminding you of what Alan Watt often reminded you, don't, think that these people are your champions. They have their own agenda. It's the same agenda, and it relentlessly moves forward. That being said, if we are aware of who our enemies are and we are focused on what they're doing and how they are meddling through their funding of NGOs and organizations in our own towns and cities, these are still places like the voters in El Paso and voting down this Proposition K. These are places I'm not advocating voting, but I am saying pay attention to what is happening in your own area. Pay attention to that and who's behind it and who's funding it. Because as Alan says in this talk, it is so easy through their relentless propaganda to have us hating one another, always taking the heat off themselves, So the person you hate is the wrong class or the wrong color or from the wrong country. Don't get caught in that. Just keep elevating your thinking and know who your enemies really are. I want to let you know that the next post will be on Wednesday, and that is the excerpt for the Programmed People excerpt series. And the video that's going up on Wednesday is entitled The Beatles. The Beatles. And Mike has done a really great job on this video. I enjoyed watching it so much. And I think you'll have a good time with it too. All of the themes and the concepts that we're hitting, some of these are reiterated in today's Redux. What is programming? What is propaganda? How does it work? And we're trying to stick with simple examples of programming. So I hope you are all getting a lot from this series. I will leave you now to this talk, which I hope you enjoy. Thank you.
1: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Metrics on the 30th of December 2018. I hope everyone is settling down after the Christmas craziness the mad Christmas craziness and New Year craziness and getting over all the tension uh, that built up t- towards the whole frenzy of commercialism which has become Christmas unfortunately and it's true enough, I mean folk are snapping they get off a snappy at this time of year and I noticed it even at the local general store that is supposed to be a, a post office as well although it really sells booze that's his main income, is alcohol. And they don't really cater much to the grocery section they're supposed to be doing, but they accept parcels to come in there. Although somehow they manage to get around to uh, posting stuff out from there with stamps, etc. But they'll accept parcels because they get paid for it at this little general store. Uh, even there they were kind of nasty. we went to go and try and pick up a, a parcel that I knew had been delivered because it had a tracking number to it. And This is the craziness as you go down the tubes into this third worldism that I talk about. Uh, You you find that um, things just simply don't work the same way. Or if they don't work the same way and it's no real crisis, uh, people start sticking by crazy rules. Uh, Where at one time, Canadians would be more, give you more leeway with things. For instance, in these big giant post box conglomerates that, that we go up and collect our mail from, The postman will often put in a little chitty, a little, a little receipt thing, or that you're supposed to take out to the, to the general store to collect your parcel, if it's a parcel size. And lo and behold, this, this thing wasn't there. So I go up there, and by God, what was, were they, were they snooty towards me? As though I was in a different country. And they haven't quite got into the touch of being of the Canadians don't get like that, you know, towards customers, the general public, especially the general public, who happen to pay for the post office, because it's all funded by us, the taxpayer. And the government's supposed to be there to serve the public. But there's no pretense, in a lot of people these days, and they get kind of snooty at you, and they don't really want to give you a parcel unless you have this little chitty. Well, if the postman hasn't given you the little chitty for your parcel then they should simply hand it over since they don't know it's there and they know who you are and you're going to sign for it anyway, and etc. Because that's, that's. I mean, for years and years, i have gone to the same place to pick up parcels. And it's changed hands, you see, too. There was never a problem if they didn't have a chitty. Because the postman often, especially in the Christmas rush, he's not got time to do all that kind of stuff. Or it may have got into a different post box, for instance, where someone else has got has got it. Or maybe he was just too much, how much of a rush. He's standing there in the freezing cold, the sub-zero temperatures, ticking off uh, different things and putting mail in the boxes. Uh, and it's, again, it's gigantic, it's like a whole range, a whole stack of them, all, all these different boxes for different people. We, go, we collect our own, we don't get it delivered to the houses, because we're first of all, you see. As I say, he's supposed to be a chitty there, but if he doesn't do it, so what? Generally, in years gone by, there was no crisis about it. But now, there are different peoples with different attitudes, and they treat you like a peasant. And a naughty peasant, because you're obviously lying, you must be lying. They don't say that, but they infer it, you can tell. And it's your fault that they didn't get the chitty. Eh? Right? So what are they going to do? Are they going to keep the parcel or something? Well, I've got the darn parcel, but I will put in a higher complaint about it, because you've you got to start complaining now, as we're down the tubes. You've got to start complaining or you'll get walked all over in this system that's really becoming inhumane. And you're living, you're amongst people now who are all out for themselves. They have no idea what really part of the community even means, which is give and take, that kind of stuff. Common sense is called decency and respect for the customer. Respect's awfully important. You start losing respect, I'm not kidding you. You're going down the tubes fast. So I told this this woman, I said I said I didn't get the cherry. Oh well, she was not happy at all. Not happy at all. And as they're getting paid for it anyway, that it comes in there and and they get paid for a parcel that comes in. They won't post anything out of there. Because they managed to get around that somehow when they took over the, the business. Uh, which is really bad, because there's no post office for miles now. You have to go into Sudbury, into the city, from the country now, to get something posted off. Isn't that disgusting? Huh? As, as we, we claim we're a first world country. But, we, but it's all perception management, isn't it? As we go down the tubes. And when you see how much... Uh, the, the American dollar is worth the Canadian dollar. I mean, we're, we've, we've sunk about 30 cents and dropping fast below uh, what the U.S. dollar is. And over the years, I've seen the Canadian dollar at times uh, be more than the U.S. dollar. And, and it's, they swap up and down because it's, it's the same conglomerate of managers managing the World Bank system uh, that just moves it back and forth from country to country to suit themselves, this up and down exchange rate. So as we plummet, other countries are benefit. But it's all benefiting through the same banking system. It's all a con game, a shell game, isn't it? But as I say, getting back to this whole idea, yeah, you have to start complaining these days and going above folks' heads. Because they won't respect you as a customer. You have to go above their heads, you see. And it's, it's only a little bit of fear from their superiors, whoever they happen to be, or the licensing committees, that, that get some respect on, on the go. Because this is not a third world country, or treated like a third world. Not, not exactly just yet. Always dropping. Respect, respect, respect. And we live in such an age of, of propaganda. Incredible propaganda. I, I was going to give a talk, actually more than a talk. I, I, could, I could write a book on the agencies involved in, in propaganda in our in country by country. It's into the thousands now, folks. Of agencies employed by using our tax money to brainwash us, it really is. You have no idea. When you look at even the movies that say Hollywood has turned out with the Pentagon over many years for the war industry, there was one that was called Executive Decision with Kurt Russell, and and Kurt Russell's been in a lot of these kind of movies, but. The money they must have Forked out from the taxpayer To make the thing Must have seemed phenomenal Using the Air Force And, and different agencies etc With the usual Anti-terrorism thing Back in the 90s Getting all ready for it But it's the same in every country We're, we're getting incredible propaganda And they give us the nudge units The, the Sun, you know, Sunstein's uh, nudge units He's got he called them And th- these are the agencies That literally are working Round the clock now, lots of them, uh, on training you what to say, what not to say, to, how to behave, how to change behaviour, without you even being aware that you're being has been applied to you. You'll simply, I think it's, it's, it's behaviourism, incredible behaviourism, run by experts, as they say. Again, use, using our tax money to brainwash us and change our behaviour, even to make you feel bad or guilty about stuff that you shouldn't feel bad or guilty about. Really. It's, it's quite something else, isn't it? And they give you the leaders. Don't forget that when it comes to psychology, they'll pick them up, boost them to the top, give them a lot of fair play, and they're part of the system already. And then television and so on. They always give you your leaders. Don't forget that, folks. Most folk will forget it. They always forget it, but they do. That's how it's run. It must always appear to the public that things happen by themselves spontaneously, and they give you the leaders. And you'll find the leaders often are part of different United Nations agendas and are on committees for sustainability and things like that in the past. It's really astonishing to dig in a little bit and find out, my God, you're right enough. Yeah, you're right. That little, that little sixth sense that you have, you listen to it once in a while. Intuition. But every country has got these behavioral insights teams. Working globally, by the way, they're connected across the whole planet. Set up, again, behind your backs, behind, without your knowledge, they're prompting you and training you. And they also draft up all the things, you're, the, the hate speech uh, taboos. And they also help train the people who are now censoring you. And I'll, I'll, I'll mention a couple of things that are happening about that tonight, in fact. It's really difficult for people, very difficult for people, to really believe that most of the leaders that you'll end up following are always presented and given to you—they're handed to you—really, I read an article recently, for instance, about the the last midterm elections they had in the states, and how many of them now are getting promoted through and via the CIA, <laughs> FBI, ex-military, and so on. High military and intelligence and, and getting them into, into the politics for the Democrats now. So that they'll become, uh, of course, which they really are already, the middle stream of, of America, of the military industrial complex. The are two working people are, are, forget it folks, it's no different in Britain or anywhere else. The, the Labour Party in Britain f- forgot the working people, I think, back in Harold Wilson's day. Really? And definitely, From the 70s and 80s, totally forgot the working people altogether. But they give some representatives that occasionally give the right talks about it. But they're completely for the war agendas. They're completely for this global agenda of internationalism and, and experts running our lives for us all. It goes on and on. It never ends, does it? But don't forget it. It's not supposed to end. It's meant, war's not meant to be fought and won. It's meant to continue forever. George Arnold's 1984. It's very profitable for those involved in the, the making of the, the weapons and the surveillance stuff too. Back in the '90s, they had articles in the big magazines, well-known magazines at the time, about the end of war. What would happen if you had the end of war when you, we don't have other countries to fight? Even though that was a as kind of, a what if thing, they knew darn well they're going to bring in an age of terrorism as a backlash against the wars that we're going to have. And that all set up too, but they did say that if there was no war this in, a, in a hypothetical world, how would, how would the, the, these same organizations that fund or that make the weapons, for instance, what would they do? Well, they were, explained that they're already turning and turned away into mass surveillance. In the early, early 90s, this was. So it's not just happening. And that, that, that the police would be part of it too And they get all these special surveillance techniques We have fusion centres now across the, the North America and Europe Where they can route whole segments of society Individuals within, and, and route all their stuff through certain fusion uh, points as well I know someone who, who got into British Telecom And he actually found One of the main trunk systems went across to Belgium and this is the the main ones, of course, for security and so on. But they're, they're heading off to Belgium for some reason, and the public were totally unaware of it. And they're routing a lot of folks' calls all over the place. So they were being spied on a long time ago. Spied on. Then they mentioned, oh, it's just black boxes that rouse them and so on, and for certain people, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And then they had the big, big God machine Oh my God, this God machine Or the devil machine, as some of them called it It was a mass, mass computer system in the 90s That could hook up everybody's ID Everything about every individual It was already up and being added to with information Again in the 90s Don't forget all that too The Beast A <laughs> whole bunch of names for the same thing and then in the late 90s, after lots of oh, anti-Middle uh, Eastern movies, basically, or about Middle Eastern people, <laughs> lots of, of movies, 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 getting everybody used to it, uh, bingo, it happens with 2001. in 2001. And away we've gone since then, it hasn't stopped. And it won't stop, because it's too lucrative. And governments start to lose their traction, to an extent, uh, governments either have to say we're so busy fighting terrorism and wars and so on and blah blah blah, or or if there's none of that, they've got to start answering some of the questions put to them by the people. So it's much easier to say, oh, we're just so busy tackling all this crisis across the globe, etc., etc., etc. And politicians remember. Are partly there to fill their own pockets because that's that's you know, people who go into politics they used to publish the, the, the criminal records of politicians in Britain and other countries, in Canada too and folk who applied to go into politics and the and lot of them who had been bankrupt umpteen times before that, it's just astonishing it tells you a lot about them and they go into politics because they get a little bit of power uh, they can start getting a lot of wealth it, It's astonishing isn't it No matter what the income is They seem to always bring in more than the income is worth Isn't that astonishing hmm? Of course they have seeing lots of lobbyists all the time aren't they And even though they're not the bosses There's a certain amount of play To help to fill their own pockets with things Of course there is And lots of them get awfully well rewarded As soon as they walk out of politics Some of them go into politics uh, Right from corporations, higher levels in corporations and then when they're in politics they help change the playing field for their own corp ex-corporation <laughs> let's say ex-corporation and once they've, they've changed their roles a bit they go back into the corporation, same corporations you find the same with the US the US is good at getting picked on but it's more open about its systems and who's in the systems of governing the people and the different agencies Than than elsewhere in the world And I've had articles before over the years Where the Food and Drug Administration for instance The folk are trained to believe They're there to look after the people But so many of them Including some of the heads of them at times Are coming straight out out of big pharma Or of chemical agencies Or the ones who supply the chemicals to farming for instance As I say but mainly the drug corporations And they come in They're sitting in the panels Change things You even get drugs passed and so on. And then go back to the same companies that they worked for. It's astonishing. really astonishing how this works. Truly is. At least in the States, it's a bit more open. If you want to get the information, you have more chance of getting it. Other countries, especially the the European uh, and the British system of the British Commonwealth countries, are much better at covering it up until you can find hardly anything at all. That's how it is. And it's astonishing, I think it's astonishing really, isn't it? Because we're trained to believe one thing, while the truth is always something else. And young folk who are, uh, think they're on a role, coming into any job, it's always been this way, uh, are cocky. No, actually they're cocky. Uh, they think, they're always told that they're better educated than anybody that came before them. But when you only question them and their cockiness, they'll argue with you about everything. And at the same time, they really haven't got a clue of what they're talking about. They believe what they're told. They don't go and look anything for themselves. But they, they tend to believe what they're told. But they still argue with you, even though they don't, they don't know. I had a little disagreement there with TELUS again. It's the TELUS company in Canada, where they gave me the bill for the month. And they claimed that they didn't get the, the, the money for last month, the previous month. But it was sent off. On time. Plenty of time. Weeks and weeks, in fact, before it was due. And the guy, this cocky guy comes on, and right off the bat, he says, well, I didn't, I I didn't think our company accepted checks anymore. Arrogant, you know what? Cocky, arrogant, you know what? See, they're trying to get everybody off checks. And, And totally electronic. It saves them time and everything else. And they want to have access to your bank account, so they can just take their put their hands in there and, and pull it. Ca- Most folk don't mind; they're trained so well. Because Bernays said, "What did Ed Bernays say? He do 'Don't make good products to serve the people. Change the people to serve your product.' Where it's a supermarket, make them going like like chickens in a conveyor kind of belt to pick up all their stuff. The kind of, or you know, like like telus, for instance. Yeah, Get, make the people do all the work." And it'll save the company for more money For more profit and more profit They're doing awfully well as it is So I mentioned to them I said you know you, you got it in time And I, say, I asked them too. I said you try to get us off Is this really Because you don't know They could hold back the cheque And not bother putting it through Just so that you'll call Knowing you'll call up And then try to browbeat you And they'll probably look up your age And everything else here too. Oh yeah so and so Yeah 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 Very cocky Very cocky and arrogant Again, to the customer. This is where it's coming down to now. There's, there's no pretense now at it, serving the customer. You get mocked now when you call up to complain about something. And that's what mockery is. So I told them, I says, you know, you want it all cashless, blah, blah, blah. I prefer getting, um, the check through. I says, and that check, when it comes back from the bank, after being cashed and all, but that's your receipt. You got proof. When your computer crashes, what you got? Gone. But I couldn't believe the guy, and I and I just you know bantered a little bit with him, and it's amazing what he did not know, but he was sure he was sure that he did. He didn't even know the banks had been bailed out in two thousand and eight and nine in Canada. He didn't know that. He didn't believe it, but he's arrogant, so arrogant and cocky. You see, because after all, he's younger, and um, he, he just knows everything better than you, and he thinks he's on a roll in his job so well, as it, it turned out eventually I got um, let me cancel any late fee because I'm not late for anything I says look the post office has been on this strike go slow thing for a while I says take it out with the with Korean government they own it uh, you know it's not my fault I, pay, I, I put the thing up in time and as I say I have no proof that I didn't receive it in fact and, it, and it's definitely it could be worth their while to get everybody totally cashless and just hold it back of course it did. Because he kept saying right off the bat, right off the bat he's trying to get you paid cashless. Immediately. To see, he couldn't finish a sentence before he, oh, do we still even take checks anymore? I don't think we even have a department that does that. I says, well, you've been, you've been happy to take it for the last six years. But cocky and arrogant to the customer. That's what you're getting these days, folks. And as it gets more and more centralized, there's power, of course, by corporations working to gather like a big gang for everything you need, including your food, by the way, and everything else. It's going to get a lot worse. A lot worse. There is no democracy. There's only special rights groups for special groups that they've created to give you the appearance of democracy. But for reality, for the general population, for anything you really need at all, there's no democracy at all. Unless you stand up for it and demand it. And it's time you all started doing that individually. Absolutely. Absolutely. And football will say, oh yeah, you know, if the people could only do this or do that. I can remember years ago when they talked about the price of gasoline going up. And the old was, if everyone would just stop buying it for a week, it, it, you bring them to their knees. Which is true. But you can't ever get the public to do anything together. Which the big boys know. And it's even better when they can always divide and conquer. It's even better again when they have an amazing class system, which we pretend doesn't exist in democracies. But living in Britain, I certainly knew the caste system. And the folk at the bottom always suffer first with whatever it is that they need that gets shoved up in price. And the ones and in the, in the, 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 and it's a it's a very middle class, from from just just middle class to to wealthy middle class to even very wealthy middle class. You see, there's a whole range amongst themselves too. But the idea is they don't feel the pain, obviously, if they can keep affording whatever it is that, that that everyone's suffering down below them. They don't care, and they're encouraged not to care about it. Then, of course, they start squealing when it's when it's their turn if it gets that high. And they put enough pressure on, them, perhaps, and stop buying or whatever until the, the, whatever there's a protesting um, caves in. That's how it works. Why do you think government has created all the different factions of gender wars and 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 subgender wars and variations and and, and ethnic wars and blah 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 blah? Getting everybody to fight everybody else. That's wonderful. When you really think that everybody's getting fighting everybody else, well, you're you're all being plundered for your price of your gas, gasoline, for electricity, for your food that's going up and up and up, etc., etc. Hmm? mean whatever everybody's taught that that's not important. Let's fight this and let's fight that. Forget that. Forget all the other things, folks. I don't care who you are. If you eventually can't afford your food, you're in trouble. And the agenda is to bring in mass austerity They all signed on to that The United Nations a few years ago After the last crash The coming austerity And the Club of Rome talked about the necessity To bring in austerity And Maurice Strong talked about bringing in austerity In a post-industrial Post-consumerist society What do you think they meant by that? These are for folk Who talk to the public Like dictators talked Maurice Strong, especially, he said one at the Earth Meeting, the first one, and I've got the old old recording there of, of people who attended it. When they asked him at the end, when they said, "Look, in this Earth Charter, there's no there's no rights for humans mentioned here," and Maurice, with his usual arrogance, his cocky arrogance, he says, "Because the guy said you've got rights for even trees for biodiversity and so." Maurice Strong says, by the time we're finished, you'll wish you had the rights of a tree. Well, no one ever voted for Maurice Strong to have any position over anybody. But he was put in there by the CFR at Rollins for International Affairs. And he was picked up by, David Rockefeller was actually, picked him up and groomed him and put him into the oil business in, in Canada and other places. And old Morris had told everybody else to be austere Had massive business interests Across the, the globe in the energy sectors this Is he's telling you to use less And live in austerity It's always the same story folks From these crooks And they are gangsters Belong to a club Who've been trained and picked The real, real, ultra deep state above all And picked to rule over the people not with any, any democracy in mind at all. Democracy is a temporary sham, folks. And it was designed to be a temporary sham. There have been many articles written about Maurice Strong. And here's one, actually, from a few years ago. And talks about Maurice Strong, climate crook, it's called. Editor said that five years ago, Quadrant Online, that's the organisation that published I guess, published this profile of Maurice Strong, as the man who more than any other redefined a trace gas as carbon dioxide As a meal ticket for tens of thousands of climate functionaries The same people whose light-fingered airs, awfully well put too Did he gathered in Paris, that was back in 2015 To mark his passing we once again present This John Izzard's profile of the man who did very nicely By costing everyone else dearly So it's a massive plan to control the lives of us all and enrich those at the top. It's so interesting to look at the CFR, Institute for International Affairs Group, that runs the planet. At least they're the second tier at the top. There's a capstone above them because there's an inner party. But they run your politics. They run, they actually set up the organisations and think tanks that advise governments across the whole planet. They run think tanks for the military across the whole planet. Everything that means anything at all is run by them and their members. Including how to control the people and run the people and organize the people and even depopulate the planet through austerity, etc. And you don't vote for any of them. And it says the yellow brick road to climate change January has certainly been a defining month In the quest for truth about climate change And the custodians of that truth Aren't looking that uh, flash at the moment Indeed in the month of January Some of the major doomsday prophecies unraveled And the prophets themselves seem to undergo vows of silence Says Kevin Rudd, Penny Wong, Tim Flannery Who are never lost for words Seemed well totally lost for words like Dorothy, Lion, Tin Man, and Scarecrow, and the Wizard of Oz, we've all been dancing down the real brick road of settled science, as they call it, the pretense of it. You see, in search of answers from the Emerald City, only to find that we've been, what we suspected all along, the Wizard has been telling us fibs. But who exactly is the Wizard, and where did this seeming madness all begin? So they go into some of it. They mention Maurice Strong; he's one big player. This is the whole climate change business And it is a business started with Mr. Strong But it started with the Club of Rome too Who were given the task, this big think tank Given the task of finding a way that they could really rule the people From their own excuses basically to, to, to do so So they came up with the idea of climate change And how humanity was destroying the planet That's what they claimed So man was the enemy so you'd need naturally experts to rule you, you see Because you couldn't rule yourselves He said that would fit the bill Or the words of, the, of those in the Club of Rome Anyway, he says Strong, a self-confessed socialist Now you understand what he means by this This is a multi-millionaire socialist Because he was created and brought up the ladder To be a multi-millionaire socialist By the Royal Institute for International Affairs Dash, Council and Foreign Relations He says it was the man who put the United Nations Into environmental business being the shadowy figure behind the UN Secretaries General, uh, from Uthant to Kofi Annan. His reign of influence in world affairs lasted from 1962 to 2005. Strong has been variously called the international man of mystery, the new guy in your future, and a very dangerous ideologue. I Made mean, his fortune in the oil and energy business, running companies such as Petro Canada Power Corporation. You surprised how <laughs> the Desmarais family, uh, that is Power Corporation they call it, they churn out leaders, and they've churned out God knows so many prime ministers for Canada, for instance, and for corporations as well, CEOs. But anyway, it says Canada Power Power Corporation, uh, Caltex, Africa Hydro Canada. The Colorado Lands and, and Cattle Company, Ajax Petroleum, Canadian Industrial Oil and Gas, to name just a few. But he was really a frontman for Rockefellers. Complete. They created him. Totally. From the beginning. They picked him up as a kid. And mean what he is, he's a frontman. So his private interests always seemed to be in conflict with his personal persona and his work on the world stage. Strong's extensive range of contracts within the power brokers of the world was exceptional. One admirer uh, christened him uh, the Michelangelo of networking. He described himself as a socialist in ideology and a capitalist in methodology. But see, I, the idea: those who enrich themselves at the, at the CFR and Royal Institute for International Affairs at the top always fill their pockets. They believe that they are the, the world's natural rulers, and when they're picked up, they're told that too, to give them a little bit more incentive keep climbing the ladder in these private clubs and socialism is the way of controlling the population through laws with with panels of experts which is sovietism the, the meaning of rule by councils folks for those who don't know that in 1972 he organized the youth and uh, first air summit the stockholm conference on the human environment and it led to the formation of the UN Environment Programme with Maurice Strong as its as it said Later, as the UNEP boss, he organised the first international expert group meetings on climate change. And it led to exotic UN-sponsored organisations such as the Earth Council and Earth Charter. And that was also drafted up by the Rockefellers and Strong fronted for it. The World Resources Institute, the World Wildlife Fund, which is, again, the head at that time was um, Prince Philip, and later... The commission for world governance and the United Nations University for Peace remember what the the old communist adage was too the real socialism idea the test bed for all and believe me that the heads of of the Soviet system filled their pockets too by the way if you think it's a different separate organization and they said that for them peace was the end of all opposition that's how they defined peace so, Strong was the driving force behind the idea for world governance by the United Nations, and look at all organizations now attached to universities for world governance. They hmm. dreamt up a world tax on monetary transactions of 0.5%, which would have given the UN an annual income of $1.5 trillion, less on top of all the other money they get, but equal then to the income of the USA. The stumbling block was the Security Council and their power of veto. So he devised a plan to get rid of Secretary Security Council but failed to get it implemented. Then along came the idea that global warming might just be the device, you know, to get his world governance proposal up and running. And it wasn't his folks, as I say, it's an organization, a very old organization. It runs your central banks. It runs your World Bank, your IMF, and the Bank for International Settlements. They didn't believe these guys never believed that that uh, the people were fit for democracy and could be ever trusted in democracy. But they would use democracy uh, to use, uh, as an excuse to invade other countries that didn't have a semblance of it. Hmm? Strong was appointed Secretary General at the Air Summit and in nineteen ninety two they pretty well like uh, create the organization, then appoint themselves as head. Eh? In nineteen ninety two addressed the air summit in Rio. They told the thousands of climate change delegates It is clear that current lifestyles and consumption patterns of the affluent middle class Involving high meat intake, consumption of large amounts of frozen and convenience foods Use of fossil fuels, appliances, home and workplace air conditioning and suburban housing Are not sustainable And so basically, they said they'd have to end. And this is this is me, i here too, from other articles about them. he said that they would have to basically end a lot of consumerism, be post-consumer, and you're going to austerity. That's the idea behind it. And also, they had big meetings where strong and others, but he did say that that they'd have to eliminate, destroy Western manufacturing and you think they've got a say in anything, do you really think that because the organisations all these organisations I've mentioned they're not, they're not, you don't get any say in it, they don't ask for your opinion on anything they don't care about your opinion on anything from the United Nations multi-faceted organisation all the way down to anything else, you never ask your opinion on anything never mind your vote on it you don't get that either you don't vote these guys in. And it says, there goes the Sunday roast, a house to live in. I haven't seen a Sunday roast since for years and years. The occasional hamburger and generally life on earth as we know it. But what Strong didn't tell the delegates was that he was involved in the purchase of the Colorado Land and Cattle Company, which he bought from uh, Adrian Khashoggi. Remember Khashoggi? Huh? An arms dealer who had strong connections with the Bin Laden family. Interesting how they all come together, the heroes and the zeros, eh? This is a 200,000 acre uh, property called the Baca, it had two hidden secrets. Now, one was set uh, it sat above uh, vast underground water systems. It's actually the largest aquifer system in the United States. It just happens to be that. Hmm? And Strong wanted it to, he wanted to, remove the water being front of the American Water Development Corporation to exploit the water by pumping it out for commercial intent but was stopped by the locals who feared it would destroy the delicate environment while well, would destroy their cattle systems and everything and their farming here's the power of these, these crooks eh? but don't forget too I think it was Rockefeller who actually owned that Bacca Ranch the McLean's um, Magazine in Canada and I've got, the, I've got the original magazine. I actually had a big article about Maurice Strong. And he, and he set up a big New Age movement there. With all kinds of, of New Age religion types. To try and get together, he said, and create a new culture for the world. We had all, he had gurus from India, he had people, he had Buddhists, he had all kinds of, of New Agers there too. And you find, see, they create the New Agers for you to follow. They do. And you'll find they're always going the same direction We've all got to be one We've all got to be together In, in, this, in this world of ours We must all agree with the same agendas Blah 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 hmm? Well they train these folks, folks They always train your leaders Always Just like Maury Strong himself was trained For his position But yeah, the Maclean's magazine Had a, a good article on the Baca, grande Development there he said, too, that Morris Strong had been uh, told by a mystic, had mystics, that's what he said, yeah, that the back would become the center for a new planetary order which would evolve from the economic collapse and environmental catastrophes that would sweep the globe the, in the years to come. And you know something? You will get certain catastrophes because you won't be able to heat yourself or use air conditioning for those who are in really hot climates. The, and you won't get meat anymore unless you, you can really afford Incredible prices, which puts most of the people out of the picture. And at the last meeting at the Paris climate change thing, again, massive articles compiled by think tanks, obviously, to eliminate your intake of meat. It really is fascinating to, to reminisce for me. It's all reminiscent for me because I I studied Maurice Strong. I gave lots of talks on Maurice Strong. I can remember too when he went to Russia. And they laid out the red carpet, lots and lots of it, for Mister Murray Strong to walk on as though he was royalty. I'd never seen that done before for anybody. But they—they they certainly knew who he was. By the way, it was—I did articles on too, because he had um, his his aunt, who was—he belonged to a revolutionary family, intergenerational. And his aunt was was an advisor to I think it was Mao Zedong, the leader of of communism in China. Her grave was next to his over there in China. And an article in, in one of the Canadian papers said that he was over there visiting the grave of his aunt. And then he set up there his home for a long time, and still works at the United Nations, working on uh, setting all their businesses up and and. In China, from the West, which we all paid for as it all got moved over there. Did you get to vote in the office, folks? Of course you didn't. Most folk don't even know about it even today. So these are the, the real technocrats that are created and groomed, picked up young, and groomed for the positions. And that's what a technocrat is. Now, also, Maurice Strong was busy founding the Earth Council Institute in 1992 And recruiting world luminaries such as Michael Gorbachev Shimon Peres, Al Gore and David Rockefeller And 2000 Earth Charter was formed As a further push by Strong to create a world government body Or governing body That's how you call it governing, you see (laughs) But it's government, of course You don't need a place even for, for government You can be scattered across the planet Although eventually they will have one, for sure, I'm sure they will They're the builders, remember, the builders And in 2005, the most powerful man, in the push to save humanity By steady promotion of the theory of human-induced greenhouse gases Was caught with his hand in the till and the Investigations in the United Nations Oil for Food program Found it strong and endorsed a check for nine hundred eighty thousand eight hundred eighty-five dollars Made out to M. Strong Issued by a Jordanian bank The man who gave the cheque To South Korean businessman Tong Sung Park Was convicted in 2006 In a US federal court Of conspiring to bribe UN officials Strong resigned And fled to Canada And thence to China where he has been living ever since Was dead now That was the oil for food programs And so on the starving people. They don't do anything of any sort of decency towards any humanity. They have no common decency. In fact they despise common humanity. But also too, I think I think if I remember, I think was it Boutras Galli, Butras Gelly there. Or Kofi Annan. But I know that it was it was the son of one of the UN uh, head of, the UN head at the time, who also was involved in that, that food, uh, program, uh, oil for food, for Iraq. There were starving people, of course, because we're so humanitarian towards the people in the Middle East that we starve them to death all the time if we're not blowing them up. And that's the part too I think a lot of this it may have come from talks that I gave, I don't know. But it's says, Strong to believe to have a sanctuary in China because of his cousin Anna, and Louise Strong, a Marxist who lived with Mao Zedong Yeah, that's right, for two years And when she died in 1970 Her funeral was arranged by Premier Chu Enlai. And, and Louise Strong was a Comintern member as it, uh, so, was, so was Pierre Trudeau <laughs> The father of the present Prime Minister Guerra, An organisation f- uh, formed in 1919 As the third international with one of its aim to use By all available means, including armed force For the overthrow of the international bourgeoisie Quite a world we have Isn't it But don't forget The big organisation that helped fund it all And promote it all And the banking system That funded That that, uh, communist system Into existence Didn't do it by itself Quite a world really I'm getting lost In all this kind of stuff I didn't mean to even go In this direction But uh, but there you are I'm going to try and touch Just touch on some articles here For those who want to Look it up And See for themselves It's amazing again Ran be ran, like the arrogant prunes Of young uh, uh, Very naive but, but arrogant prunes That run our lives at the moment Or think they do If you cave into them Believe you me There's going to be euthanasia down the road For for anyone over a certain age Folks It's already on the cards And these characters are the ones that will be pushing all Anyway It says um, The cost to West Australia of Shorten's Green Energy Plan revealed $1 billion, but a lot more than that, folks. I'll put this up anyway. Australia's a big one, because they they use that as a big big test bed too, much like Canada. um, All the old British Empire system uh, countries are always test beds where they push things, and we don't object as much as some people. Like America, yet far more. That's why the US was, was, was the hope for a lot of the world for for the for, for the people, the population, who did stand up to their own government and, and really push the rules, if you have no rules you a constitution and or they're being ignored, then you don't have a country anymore, or whoever's running a country is not what, what it was it's been taken over, obviously and but there was a hope to the world for the rights that the, the citizens had it really was. It's a sad, sad housemate has been taken over itself, probably long ago actually, by the money boys and so on. And Hoover rules, Hoover has the gold, make it the rules. I think it was one of the profits that said that years ago. And that's just true. We're all running on this crazy thing called money, The only a select few have a right apparently to manage at the top. Questions and answers to climate change, all you should know about your position. Also, another one too, is to do with the carbon taxes. And it says uh, details of the horrible carbon tax bill. Democrat Florida Congressman Ted Deutsch has introduced a carbon tax bill to impose a new national energy tax on the American people. So I'll put this one up as well. It's called the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act of 2018. In the countries that are plummeting, because we're now flattening the planet, Uh, to be a mass of poverty in a a smaller middle class than the the elite and professionals who rule us all. All those in academia, etc. So that is the system. That's how it's planned. And I've mentioned before about how bad it's in Britain. They build houses, by the way, in the newspapers for masses of migrants coming in. It says, 24,000 people sleeping rough on public transport in the UK, a charity says. And that's from The Guardian And it says more than 24,000 people in Britain will spend the festive period sleeping rough in cars, trains, buses or tents, according to new estimates that throw lights on the scale of so-called hidden homelessness. There's a lot more now, I'm sure. And at least 320,000 homeless people in Britain at the moment, says a shelter. A charity says a figure for England, Scotland and Wales is likely to be underestimated. And then excess winter deaths in England and Wales it's because the the, the the folk in their homes are dying. This is not in the streets. Mainly, anyway. But it says, um, there's not one mention of fuel poverty in the entire article. Because it's, the, the folk can't get fuel. They can't pay for fuel. Because they're, they're doing so well paying for, for all the other things. That you know this, eh? in the welfare system. Uh, and more and more folk are flooding in, need a lot of money to be taken care of. Well where's it coming from folks Who's paying it off Guess So it says Snow in Derbyshire last December The temperature last winter uh, Thought to have been partly to blame For the excess deaths Yadda yadda And there was 50,100 excess deaths In England and Wales last winter A prolonged spill of extreme cold But it's amazing how They, they, they might just skip the, the They actually try They're trying to get away from the folk Dying in their homes actually And just say they're dying in the winter Mm-mm-mm. And then there's this article too About, uh, again, along the Maury Strong Plan, you know, the big boys that he worked for And he was an employee, he was a high technocrat But he he was ruthless too He was a tyrant and that's what a technocrat is They don't believe in democracy They don't talk to the people with any Pretended uh, service To the public They're not elected by the public They're just put over them, in charge of the public And that's the farce of democracy He's only one of many, by the way Look at what the uh, trilateral commission is as well. And Brussels denies the e- European Union rules encourage euthanasia tourism. And of course it does because it's part of the agenda, right? And they deny the e- EU rules have facilitated the growth of euthanasia tourism amid fears it's becoming more popular in Belgium. There's been an increase in the number of patients traveling from EU countries where it's illegal to die in Belgium, where so-called mercy killings has been legal since 2002. And so they're they're, they're going about that too. But they've, they've been well, I've got it everywhere now. You've got it in Canada now as well. It's cheaper than giving you treatment, isn't it? It really is. You think it's all for health to help you. No, it's because it's cheaper than giving you good treatment. That's what it is, folks. And then you have... Another one on suicide tourism from Wikipedia And then (laughs) Here's another thing You you always think about what you're trained to believe By the so-called experts, right? Bertrand Russell They'll train the public to to listen to experts But always to avoid their own common sense A cardiologist slams incorrect advice From the World Health Organization Urging people to replace butter and lard With healthier vegetable oils in 2019 And Dr. Asim Malotra called them the WHO to review and update its guidance Butter has been demonized for decades over its high content of saturated fats But an array of scientific evidence is beginning to counter those claims They've always known what the counter the claims were It says here that he's an average supporter of this doctor of saturated fats which I thinks have been wrongly demonised since the 1970s Same time in the 1970s When they demonised uh, the fat Remember the big sugar industry I read the articles where it's admitted Only recently, declassified stuff They paid massive amounts of money To again talk You can always buy professionals from folks in, in medicine And to try all these articles out To start the whole craze uh, that, that it was fat so It was to blame for folk becoming fat Not sugar huh? Anyway his doctor told me on mouses, they're frankly both shocked and disturbed at the WHO, giving incorrect and non-evidence-based ev- advice on fats. Asking people to replace butter or lard with industrial seeds such as corn, sunflower, soybean or safflower will continue to cause harm to public health. These are always being particularly high in omega-6 fatty acids, are pro-inflammatory, that's why you get so much arthritis and problems, and can be toxic when heated for common frying purposes. And it's much, much worse than that. You understand, too, if you're into evolution as an example, if you're into that, you didn't evolve on these oils. Also, too, you're China accusing the UK of deep-rooted pride and prejudice after Defence Secretary Gavin Williamson, this is in Britain, raised deep concerns over Huawei's, that's a big Chinese network system, manufacturer of their modems and stuff, involvement in the 5G network. So, again, they're hammering China and China and China Even though, but most of the stuff that China's got Has already been tested upon us by other companies No really is, you know And of course China and Russia, the new Russia Are supposed to be the main enemies at the moment Another one too, they, they arrested a couple of people In, supposed to the Gatwick airport in, in England Because a little drone went over it, supposedly. But again, after the rest of it, and really, imagine getting your face plastered across the planet in front pages, being laid out by cops. And it was all false. Can you believe that? And when they do something like that, they never admit they're wrong. They never, ever do that. They never admit they're wrong, folks and then at the end even in the police chief says well of course it could be there's no evidence there actually was a drone there it was just hearsay someone phoned it in and made big big news about this and then you have but again, no apology to the poor people it had nothing to do with it at all I'll put the article up anyway and then you find that if there's other articles coming out because it's almost like a big big ad for for the military industrial boys because they got all these. Oh, we could have got this new system in here if, you, if the government would buy it to, 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 to detect the smallest drones at all and, and fire them out the skies, etc., et It's like a big big ad. It's like a false flag thing to sell stuff. It really is. That's what I think it really is. And then you have um, Facebook secret censorship rule book, thousands of slides of banned so-called hate groups in other words, phrases and, and emojis they call them. That 7,500 lowly paid moderators Are supposed to use to please 2 billion users I mentioned it too A lot more actually in the Philippines But yeah They have organisations now to ban your speech Which is to ban your thought Which eventually is to punish and ban you If you haven't quite figured it out yet In a cashless society For even paying your rent Like Bertrand Russell said In the 1940s Mm-hmm Isn't that astonishing, eh? Macron in France came. in again, French police will be given pay raise after the Blue Vest joined the Yellow Vest and anti government movement. But of course, they did it for money. And WhatsApp, a child porn problem. Google and Facebook's ad networks funded apps that led users to groups on the private messenger that are dedicated to swapping illegal images. Pedophiles. Pedophile groups. ISIS has executed 700 Syrian prisoners in the past two months, says Human Rights Group. It's, it's really something, isn't it? Eh? It really is something. The world you live in, as if what uh, they, they, they want you to believe. But again, the RAF now, it says, track RAF unit could have downed drone causing chaos for tens of thousands at Gatwick, but ministers refused to let them help. By the way, uh, people say they saw a drone, but again, there's, there's no conclusive proof that it even happened. But is a big push, I think, for, for really new systems of defense around airports. And money, 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 money. That's where we live in a system of mass money creation. Right? Also, as you know, the stuff about um, the U.S. pulling troops out of uh, Syria. They haven't quite done it yet. But if you just look at the, the maps, you'll find that just across the border of Syria, you've got massive U.S. military base in in Iraq. And uh, just across the border, with about fifty-five thousand troops in it, and the U.S. has sold uh, about three and a half billion, I think, to, of arms equipment to Turkey, and Turkey now has got troops massing on the Syrian border. So everything's really games, eh, for perception management, and it's rather sad. Remember, you can buy the books and discs I have at cuttingtrendmovies.com. And you can find out how to do it Or donate, in fact And help me tick along here Because As I say, who knows how long Any of us can last Or even be allowed to <laughs> yeah, Keep it ticking A bit that way In this present system Because it's, it's becoming rather ruthless It always was ruthless Camouflaged Under the guise of democracy But uh, They're becoming more ruthless And, and, and Toleration Or intolerant Or intoleration Put it that way because they're not tolerant at all In such utopias Isn't that the truth of it? And some are more equal than others In such utopias As George Orwell liked to remind us For myself, Alan Watchman Here Canada It's good nights And by the, the temperatures here anything But in global warming it's every, During the day now it's, it's, it's way below freezing Way below freezing And at night I'm hitting In the centigrade It's... Um, so often 30 below And lower Occasionally And sometimes not a lot higher during the day anyway And in Fahrenheit um, That's way down there Minus the minus zeros For myself I'll walk from interior Canada Good night to your, so may your God Or your God's go With you